Until the war, World War II, that is, changed it all, life was simple and rather predictable. We were a large family with six children, siblings who quarreled and made up, parents who despaired and were proud of us. We went to school, celebrated birthdays, and waited with all the other Dutch children for St. Nicholas, rather than Father Christmas, to bring us presents. We must have seemed a rather typical, somewhat noisy, but closely knit family. I have a different memory. As far back as I can remember, I had a sense of not quite belonging, of being not quite like the others, of being slightly in the wrong. I had an older sister and brother. After our mother died at my birth, my father married again, a pleasant-looking woman with bright red hair called Susanna. The three younger children from the new marriage formed a little clan of their own, closely protected by their mother. My stepmother did not have any problems with my older siblings, but could never bring herself to accept me. She had known my mother well, and knew how deeply her death had affected my father. Was I a constant reminder of how happy they had been? To everyone else, I was a child among others, and she was my mother. I always knew that I had none. It was my paternal grandmother and my young aunt Adri, just a dozen years older than I was, intending to treat me like her favourite doll, who gave me affection, guidance and protection. Their house was near ours. I had lived the first years of my life in their care and now spent much of my free time with them. Looking back, I know my stepmother was not a mean or evil person. She was a good mother to the others, and later, as a grown-up woman, I would understand better how difficult it must have been to marry a young widower with three children. Still, she made my childhood miserable with endless small hurts. The small offhand remarks, the ever-present suspicion and slight exasperation in the voice. What did she do now? The head turned toward me as a reflex when anything had been broken, gone wrong or been lost. The putting down of those qualities I did have and the rejection of gestures of goodwill on my part. Where then was my father in all this? He was kind to us, but we saw him only at the evening meals or on weekends, when last week's warmed-up quibbles between a wife and an unruly child must have seemed trivial. I loved school. It was a place where I could be myself, where I was judged by my curiosity, my willingness to learn, and by my grades. I spent most of my free time reading, and early on learned to lose myself in the world and company of those who peopled the pages. I had found a corner in the living room, behind an armchair, where I would sit on the floor with my book. My father walked by and let me be. My mother would find me and tell me to clean up my room or help do the dishes. When I graduated from junior high as youngest and first of my class, speaking four languages and showing no interest in domestic matters, she registered me in a girls' school where I would learn how to hem napkins and set a nice table. My grandmother did not allow me to whine, but this was a matter of my education. My parents were summoned, and I changed schools. My grandmother was my example and my conscience. I muddled through many small ordeals on my own, because I knew she would be there come real need. She spoke little, and at times could seem somewhat distant. Once, having taken a close friend to visit her, the girl asked me, "'Your grandmother does not like you either.' I stared at her and she said, Well, she just calls you child. That is like saying cat or chicken.
I really had no answer. I only knew that my grandmother called no one else child, and I firmly believed that to her I was the only child in the world.'